everyone, and welcome to a, another episode of Cinema Chimps. Yes, we are a video store that lives somewhere in your hometown that reviews movies. But we're a podcast as well, to boldly go where no renter has gone before. And of course, the illustrious Butt Maestro himself. How's it going, buddy? The Shatner impression is very illogical. Hi everyone, welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another podcast that mostly talks about movies. Sometimes cinema-adjacent things like video games and TV shows. And no, I'm not going to bore, bore you with my terrible Shatner impression. Instead, I'm going to reintroduce our special guest returning for another installment of GLaDOS's List. <laughs> GLaDOS is back, everyone. Hi, GLaDOS. Hello. You're back. Uh, I finally watched another movie. It only took me another year to knock another one off the list. Well, to be fair, we've been watching, you've been watching other movies that aren't related directly to Gladys's list. And I think in the last several weeks, we accidentally knocked another one off the list. But we could talk about that when we get to it. Um, I do have a question. Besides, oh, week. How many movies do you have left on your list? Well, oh, I don't remember. You gotta remember, I think the Cornetto... Cornetto Cornetto Trilogy is one movie. Well, okay. but well, I've only not... seen one out no, of... No, I've seen two. No, you're right. You haven't seen Hot Fuzz, and you haven't seen uh, the, the last in, one. At yeah. World's End. So, I technically can't knock that off. Okay. Uh, you get a third of it is knocked off. Yeah, a third. So, a third. Um, Let's see here. You did Hitchhikers. You did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. And this is now, I guess, Connoisseur. I don't... Third? And any listeners out there screaming into their headphones right now, there's just this one! Please let us know at cinemagems15 at gmail. Let us know if we've missed a movie because we should know these things. Yeah, but we should. Uh, I but. still have the original list. I'm just unprepared in the current AI state because okay. Chad boys and their Mary Kay NFTs keep raising the prices <sighs> of RAM and, you know, and processing and speeds are slow. So Bitcoin mining? <laughs> Bitcoin mining? It's yeah, affecting. Bitcoin mining is is affecting your hard hardware a little bit. Well, the prices in order to you know that I have to replace hardware. You know, it's been a while. You can't just update hardware with software software <coughs> patches. It's not gonna happen. Sorry. Um. So we're talking. As you can see from the title, uh, we finally got Glados to watch the greatest Star Trek movie. Yeah. Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I'm impressed that they agreed. But, uh, y'all, uh, they fought. They fought when trying to put the Star uh, Star Trek movie what, on the list we, because they didn't know which one. No, we... So, I knew which one. So technically, I wanted to do this one, but technically this is the start of a trilogy. It's the start of a trilogy. <sighs> but it's a really. second Star Trek movie? But it's No one really counts the first one. That being said. The slow motion picture that we reviewed... Th- Three years ago. Is it really called the slow motion picture? No, the no, fans called it. Okay, yeah. I just wanted Anyone to make sure that somebody in the marketing department didn't fuck or up Or the that motionless guy. picture? That's also... Yes. Oh, that's good. I like that. Anyone who has watched this movie calls it the slow motion picture, or not this movie, the first one. The second one is much more exciting. Now, uh, for a little bit of background here, uh, this was my introduction to Star Trek, the original series. I had already, when I was uh, pre-high school, I think middle school-ish, I had already watched some Deep Space Nine, some Voyager, begrudgingly some Enterprise, but I had not really yet watched the original series because at the time they didn't really air that like in syndication on any of the channels on like sci-fi or anything. So when my dad, when the Buttmeister Senior 
got Wrath of Khan on DVD, this was my gateway into all of that. So to give you the little bit of context that you need to be kind of caught up to this movie to be able to watch and keep up with this movie, it is a pretty much direct sequel to a very popular episode of the original series called Space Seed. Are we talking about that scene now? Do, talk- do you want to talk about Space Seed first? Oh, you mean with the Funko Pop? A, do you want to give a very like TLDR what the, the, the fans Funko Pop about Space of Khan yes. from the original series? He, we'll put it on Instagram, but he's holding up a, a Funko Pop of Khan, not from this movie, but from, with his fucking red jumpsuit from the <clears> series. So, um, as it's established in this movie, uh, by the way, it's the 40th anniversary. Yes, it's not the. It's a couple months beforehand. It's June. That's I think pretty much what we do in the show. Same year, close enough. It's like we're a look, weekly show. What do you want? Look. You could also listen to it in June. There you go. Hey, there you go. June. Uh, oh wait, I got the IMDb pulled up. Right there you here. go. It's uh, June. Am I going to beat you on. to it? See, our processing speeds aren't they? Dip. I'm not alone here. Uh, IMDb is not giving me the uh, release date. Hang on. What? June fourth. Oh, ah, there it is. I got it. <laughs> a month after. A month after. Tesla's birthday. It's like the Smosh segment, uh, Stan versus Internet, but instead it's just Internet versus Internet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, it's uh, 15 years after Space Seed. Space Seed, they travel upon this derelict ship um, that is kind of like dying. Just floating in space. Um, So they go and revitalize and they see that these people are superhuman power. Yeah. And this character, individual Khan... Is supposed to be from India. Yeah. So Ricardo Mondebaum is supposed to be in Khan Noonien Singh. Yes. Even though Ricardo Mondebaum is from Mexico. But it's okay. It's fine. Uh, me and Patron had an ethical discussion about that. And then when he showed up on the Wagon Train episode where he was French and supposed to be from New Orleans. <laughs> completely. <laughs> what? What? It's fine. Okay. Um, so they... Un... Freeze him or wake him up from his slumber. Yep. yep. He gains consciousness. He understands everything that's going on in the 23rd century. And turns out he is a massive egomaniac. Exactly. He had power in the original episode, so that's why he was able to do what he was able to do. In this movie, he doesn't have power. He doesn't have what he wants to do because he doesn't have Kirk. So, after everything's said and done, uh, one of the Starfleet officers... Yes. of ancient history is uh turns with Khan because she finds him beautiful yes and amazing um his superior they, intellect they get beamed down on steady alpha five i dare you to say the phrase superior intellect without rolling your eyes i can't do it i can't i i cannot say the phrase superior intellect without rolling my eyes i can't i don't one more know time. how one more time with feeling your superior intellect. So he did it, people. He did it. He did it. All three times. He did it. We counted. So you know what that means. You got to drink. Um, I have my water here. Do y'all? No, I don't have mine. I got to go up to the sound booth with the, with the dogs and go drink the water. <laughs> Just give me some water. Well, Gladys has her headlight fluid. Oh. Everything's fine. So so it gets beamed down the SETI Alpha 5 and 15 years go by and this movie takes place. Um, and they're on... We get to see the Kobayashi Maru for Lieutenant Sadak. Right. Who uh, is half Romulan, half... Um, Klingon. Uh, sorry. Uh, Vulcan. Vulcan. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Wow. God. Oh, we went there. We went there. First, first 
by this point, uh, James C. Kirk is now an admiral. He took a promotion from admiral. Star Trek. Uh, did, refresh my memory. Did that happen at the end of the first movie? Uh, no, he was already an admiral. The book, the comic book series that I mentioned a couple months ago that I was reading, yeah. he's already having questions with Bones and Spock. Like, I don't, I don't want to give up what I'm, what, I, what this is. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah. I want to do this for the rest of my life. And they're like, you want to do this for the? Why would you want to do this? Like, this can literally kill you at any time. Exactly. <laughs> so that's why another thing that I wanted to bring up is Nicholas Meyer, the director of this, and also official writer, because he locked himself in a room with the two other writers, and they're like, hey, we got five scripts. We're going to take each from the best part of it and do one complete revision. And they're like, you have 12 days to write a script. Can you do it? Apparently, he went into this trance and wrote the script that we see on screen. God damn. In 12 days, sent it out, because if they didn't do it in 12 days, they wouldn't be able to get ILM, the people who did special effects for Star Wars and all that. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to get them to finish, because the movie was already set in theaters to come out on June 4th, mm -hmm. 1982. Jesus, production dates are hell! So, Nicholas Meyer said that um, this movie is not about Khan, it's not about that, it's about aging. Yeah. Yes. It's about passing the torch and worrying about your age. What can you do with what what you have? Even deeper than that, it also has a lot of big spiritual, dare I say, religious overtones. With the Genesis Project, clearly a uh, oh. terraforming device, only ever being referred to as Genesis. Genesis only ever. And even Spock, who's like, oh, I don't know what the fuck that is outside of its biblical context. Oh, I love when McCoy goes, the Genesis myth. I'm just like, well, damn. Straight up the Genesis damn. myth. Thank <laughs> like, you, McCoy. My bad. I caught that too. That was great. There's there's a lot of things in this movie that I caught now that I did not catch when I was a kid watching this for the first ten times. Uh, <laughs> but, oh my god. So, Alright, so the Kobayashi Maru, Savage goes on, people start dying. Um, and so there was a big leak when this movie was being made and they had a typo in each script, like each paragraph, they had a, like an extra period or an extra comma somewhere that they had it down to the letter of each, like you would have a different script. I would have a different script, but my show would have a different script. We would all have a different script. If someone leaked it, you would be able to take a screenshot and look at a paragraph and spot exactly who it was. Do you know who leaked it? You know who leaked it? Shatner. No. Gene Roddenberry Himself. leaked that Spock was going to die. So they're like, well, cool. We'll just do it in the front and nobody's going to realize anything. So you started to point out earlier that this is based on a bunch of different scripts, all submitted by different authors. Yes. Star Trek War of Generations was one version of the movie, one script, and it was by someone who had watched all the Star Trek uh, episodes in one sitting, and he specifically saw Space Seed. It was like, we have to bring back Picard and Maltabah. Uh, Star also, Trek The Omega System was a different script. Uh, is that the one with JFK? Uh, refugee ship on Omega Mentori. Um, this is the one that essentially uh, had the idea of the Kobayashi Maru and bringing all of that back. Yeah. Uh, bring, yeah, that. Uh, and then Star Trek The Genesis Project. As you can imagine, this is the one where all everything that comes about from 
uh, Dr. Carol Marcus and Kirk's past and all of those big religious overtones. Mm. This movie is the fusion of all of these, all three of these scripts. Mm. Just like the Admiral was saying. It takes elements from, okay, we're going to pit Kirk and uh, Khan back against each other. But several years have passed and both of their lives have changed drastically. Kirk is now an Admiral. He has a estranged uh, wife and a son that he knows about but has no relationship <laughs> with. Um and they're all scientists and they're working on this terraforming device and it all links to each other. The ideas of this device that can start a new start new life on a new planet and these space adventurers who want a new start of life, mm. who are feeling stale. McCoy tells them you're going to turn into one of the fucking relics on your shelf. Uh, and so everything about this movie links into each other so beautifully. Yep. Oh, by the way, this will be a longer than usual episode. Probably just a, <laughs> little, a little bit. There's Smitch. a lot we want to say about this. A little, little bit of a pa passion uh, here. You know, so, just... oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying that it's it's it's, it's a passion movie. So yeah, it's good. It's so, a lot to say. Speaking of one of the scripts, uh, when Nicholas Meyer was writing them, um, he talked to uh, uh, what's the producer's name? Harvey. Uh, Not Weinstein, I hope. No, hell no. Uh, Harv Bennett. Yes. Um, he went to he went to Harv and he goes, I I can make sure. I, he's like, I want Leonard back to kill him. And Harv's like, You want me to call Leonard Leonard Nimoy? And you want him back? Mm -hmm. So he called and he's like, um, he's like, I got him on the line. He goes, okay, tell him, uh, tell him he dies in the next movie. And, uh, you know, he goes, oh, he goes, he said, he said, when? And he goes, at the beginning, you got me. Straight up. Cause Nemo did not want to come back for another fruitless adventure. Like Star Trek one, the slow motion picture or the motionless picture, however you want to call it was dubbed. Because if you watch that movie, Spock does nothing. Okay, okay, but you keep saying at the beginning. Essentially, the beginning of production. Yeah, that was probably they probably shot his scene of him dying at the beginning of production. Yeah, they started with his scene of dying, and they kept would write another scene and get pushed back, write another scene and get pushed back until it was at the very end of the picture. And at one point, according to uh, Nimoy, he straight up. When it got to the scene where he was supposed to die, he said he almost walked off. Said he couldn't deal with the anxiety of doing that scene. I mean, literally, when when he goes, Scotty, engine room. He mm -hmm. then he got up. He's like, I almost walked off set because I couldn't deal with the anxiety of dealing doing that scene. And I'm like, God damn, dude. Now is this from Shra Shatner? No, this is from, from Nimoy. Nimoy. Wow. I mean, that's especially when you've worked so long with this many people with on these specific characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, you, you grow attached to the character. Yeah. I mean, and also that's why the joke was when he walked in and he saw Spock, he's like, aren't you dead? And Spock like raises his eyebrow like, the fuck? <laughs> wow. Um, so the Kobayashi Maru scene at the beginning was was a, just like, hey. It's a simulation. Was also like, hey, Spock dies. Ooh. Yeah, totally. Um, so that was a really good scene. I like that one. And we get Christy Alley. Yeah. Who, this is her first role ever. Really? Yeah. What else have I seen her in? Uh, she's been in a few other things, but... Y'all remember, the internet's slow. We're trying. Uh, but she... So she got an acting coach for this job because... I got it. 
Dead, uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, Look Who's Talking, Village of the Dam, uh, Screen Queens, uh, uh, The Middle, she was in one episode. Look, you can tell us what you know Chrissy Alley from on cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Or tweet. Or you can tweet at us, cinemagems underscore pod. Veronica's Closet as well. Okay. So yeah, she she's essentially the new kind of captain in training for the new Enterprise. She's also in Cheers. She's uh, Rebecca. It's been a very long time since I've Same. watched literally any of Cheers. Same. But that's why she didn't come back for Star Trek 3. It's because she had Cheers. Gotcha. And she's like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I, I, I would have liked to have seen her character come back. No. She was fine. I did like the person that got to replace her, though. I don't even remember who they replaced her. I don't been remember. Very long she was more. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Christy Alley's not beautiful, but the other the other actress that they recast her as was a little bit more attractive than Christy Alley. Okay, sure. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything else. No, be like, yeah. The, release, the, release the Christy Alley cut. Let's not. Anyway. <laughs> so after yeah. the after the simulation, the trainees are off deck and. Uh, Savick goes, uh, Savick wants to talk to Admiral Kurt and he goes, she goes, what do we do with the no win scenario? And he's like, you have to, you have to be able to face it. Like you cannot not, this is something that will test you. Which we learned a little bit later is a little bit hypocritical of him. Um, so he goes off and it's his birthday today. So he goes and celebrates with Spock and also uh, McCoy and they have Romulan ale. Well, celebrate and heavy air quotes. Yeah. It's also very like kind of down and he's not super happy about another birthday. It's a therapy session. It's a therapy session. Yeah. Is that why he's given the Romulan, the tranquilizer? I mean. Well, it's also why they're, they're both sitting in those weird like He's sitting couches. in the weird like chairs and he's talking to it. But he literally says. I'm your doctor. Yeah. And your friend. It's like, all right, this is a therapy session yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and uh, then we head back to, we go to, because the Starship Enterprise has been decommissioned and is a trainee vessel now. So they're now taking them on training voyages. So the trainees that were on. Fully loaded trainee vessel, by the way. So the, exactly. <laughs> so the trainees that were on the Kobayashi are now on this. So they take uh, the senior staff that was once on the Enterprise to go and... Babysit. Exact. In those exact words. Yeah. In those exact words. Literally babysitting. And they know it. Scotty knows it. Fucking McCoy knows it. Spock knows it. But he's willing to be a good teacher because he <laughs> understands logically the best thing for Starfleet and the Galaxy. I, I to... thought they were kind of like excited even if they were yeah. babysitting. They, they just be back like on the Enterprise? Be, yeah, they looked like they were looking forward to it in the elevator kind well, of a thing. Like Sulu said, any, any, anything to be back aboard the Enterprise. Now I have to pause right here since we're talking specifically about the scene where they kind of like go uh, take the shuttle into the Are you talking about the reused I'm footage? I'm not talking about the reused footage. I'm right. talking about the place in the soundtrack specifically called Enterprise Clears Warnings. <laughs> now I have to talk about the soundtrack here. I have James to, Horner? I'm sorry. James Horner's soundtrack for this movie. Because until Michael Giacchino comes, comes along later, this is the only, if not one of the only non, uh, not Gene Roddenberry, what's his goddamn name, um, you're the music expert. I know. I, I have. Know these do you things. want me to spout things while you look up? You want to pad for time? Pad for time for okay. just a second. So, so Harv Bennett, once again, 
uh, he was going through all the music. He's like, I need music. I need music. I need music. So one of the music departments gave him a literal shoebox full of tapes. Yeah. And he went through for the weekend and he listened to everything. And he goes, this is the guy I want. He goes, you want James Horner? And the guy goes, you want James Horner? And Harvey Bennett goes, yeah. He goes, great. Because I've been trying to get him in here for years. <laughs> so he comes on and he has an un... A gentleman's handshake agreement that if he does two, Star Trek two, he will do Star Trek three. And after that, he's done. So he did that. And that's why he, that's, and I'm going to let you talk about it more, but that's why his, he has so much, uh, he, I think he only had 12 days yeah. to record. And this was kind of at the beginning of his career. Yeah. Um, he only did Battle Beyond the Stars before this. And that is a classic Star Wars ripoff. Classic Star Wars. Look, you might know James Horner from, uh, I don't know, Titanic, several other things. I know him as the guy that totally ripped off Shostakovich for the Troy soundtrack. Yeah, actually, let go go watch the Brad Pitt movie Troy uh, and listen to the soundtrack. He's literally just straight up ripping off Shostakovich's fifth. But anyway, James Horner for, uh, for this movie was one of the <laughs> first composers to come in that wasn't Jerry Goldsmith. And Jerry Goldsmith has essentially a monopoly on all the uh, the themes for all the series. Yep. Uh, as well as the themes for most of the movies. Uh, that is, until later, Michael G. Kino comes in and knocks that shit out of the park. But James Horner comes in, introduces all these new themes, gives Star Trek scores a brand new, big, brassy, heroic sound. Um, I want to read an excerpt from my, uh, Butt Maestro Sr., Sent a, sent a blurb that he wanted to be read on the show. In the main theme, an Enterprise clears warrings. I'm hearing Mahler Symphony 1, first movement. There is an explosion of energy where the theme is introduced, but getting there is half the fun. Which is really the fun thing about the, in that Enterprise clears mooring scenes. Ba-bam! You have that big explosion of energy, and then it's kind of a slow burn as they get into the ship, and, they, and then you hear this again. Big explosion of brass. Horner is especially effective at using the horns to generate excitement. I mean, he's a trumpet player, I'm a horn player, we're a little bit biased, but still. Although Horner wasn't the first score composer to place the French horns front and center, not just for embellishment, his use of the horn section here clearly gives composers after Wrath of Khan the approval to ramp up featuring the horn section. After Wrath of Khan, you consistently hear a massive horn section treatments in nearly every action, sci-fi, and adventure movie. With James Horner, the French horns are used heroically. And ask any horn player, hi, that's me. Uh, this is where the horn belongs in its natural state. Other than John Williams, James Horner was the first composer to put the brass in front of the microphone right up close and just having them ripping ass the whole time. Can I just let the listeners know that <clears throat> you may have heard the love coming from the sultry sounds of the Butt Maestro's voice, but you didn't hi. see... <laughs> the love pouring out at every orifice on your face <laughs> even your pores they were just like Jane it's Horner. a little warm in here and I made the mistake of winning sweat, wearing sweatpants so he I'm did, sorry he did he, he, is, he did pass away right in the late yes, 90s yes unfortunately yeah. uh, late 90s early 2000s yeah. somewhere along there uh, James Horner unfortunately passed away and we did lose one of the seminal founding composers who like but Maestro Senior said, really set the bar for what is acceptable, what is expected in this kind of movie. Um, did you know he has a cameo in the movie? I did not. That's what I, I thought you were going to talk James about. Horner looks like. 
Don't you I've have only, a picture of him right I've now? I've only ever heard his music. I've never actually seen the... Uh, okay, now I know what he looks like. <laughs> um, He is one of the crew members using a vacuum cleaner. Oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, hey. He They did a John Williams cameo before John oh, Williams cameos were a thing. <laughs> I don't know what his character's name was, but he was the... That's he, he was the funny. he was the cadet or officer that had um, the thing, the vacuum cleaner. Okay, so we get on the Enterprise. We get on the Enterprise, and there's a distress call. No, no, no. Before that, we get to meet. It's not. I don't know if you've ever seen the director's cut. I, I'm pretty sure that's what I have. Okay, but go on. Scotty's nephew. Yes. Okay, cool. So you know about you? Did you see the director's cut? Did yeah, so... that was all we had. Well, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interject here for a moment here. We see the fact that the first thing Kirk does when getting on the ship is go fucking talk to Scotty. Because right. he knows nine times out of fucking ten, it's Scotty's got an issue in the engine room. Mm-hmm. Scotty always... It's, it, that's just how it goes. So what do you do when you're doing your inspection before you launch? You go to the fucking engine room. Right. And you meet the new the new guys, the interns, the newbies, the new guys. Um... I don't believe, and we watched it with captions, I don't believe relation was ever yes, tied. It was. Yes, it was. And, and I'm that, telling you right now, yes, it was. And, that's, and they, that they totally completely said, went over my, my, my head. My sister's little one. My sister's little one. This is my sister's okay. youngest. Then that's, okay, because that is, from the director's cut from that, literally that's the only scene besides the elevator scene with Kirk and Savick that are expanded upon. Those two scenes are it. That are director's cut. So I just wanted to establish that that's why Scotty brings mm-hmm. his his nephew to the fucking bridge. Like yeah. he 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 brings it because Gene Roddenberry had a problem with that. He's like, no person as an officer would take a cadet yeah. to it. And Nicholas Myers is like, it's his nephew. Yeah, and he fought tooth and nail. Yeah, and Gene Roddenberry is like, no, no, no. Have him down in the engine room with the rest of them. That makes sense. I I liked it. I thought it was really what it showed that he had fucking depth. Yeah. It it also it's pretty heartbreaking because Get the word admiral. <laughs> the word is good. My God, no, it's it's pretty heartbreaking because as soon as you meet this kid and you realize, oh God, this one cadet is being singled out. He's so dead. Hey, oh, this poor kid. What what color shirts he wearing? It's white, but there's a lot of red on there. <laughs> They're engineers. No, I know, but the the joke. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, but okay. engineers always wear red. In the original series, yes. And in this movie, yes. Um, so no, while I don't want to hear the red shirt excuse. Well, so while, while that's going on, we get to b- get aboard the Reliant, the Reliant, where Chekhov and Captain Terrell. Right, Chekhov is now a first officer to Captain Terrell. Now, is the Reliant a research vessel? Is it a defense vessel? I think it's like, a research vessel because they wanted it to be the same classes as the Enterprise, like the same shape, yeah. but they were afraid that people would get them mixed up. Yeah. So that's why I did research vessel, because they're going and find research, find a barren wasteland planet, their words, not mine, to show the Genesis project, to show that it, show what it is. So they go to SETI Alpha 6, or what they think is SETI Alpha 6. Um, It's deserted, except for there's one little blip of a life form, and they can't really pinpoint it. Which, I I do have a question for GLaDOS. When they talk about the, uh, is it the 
genetic genetis matrix? Is it something? The genesis matrix. Something's caught in the light. Is that is that how you would be able to detect life? And you're like, oh, well, there's just a little blip, so you know it. It it's it doesn't really count. Like you are asking me, an AI in the 21st century. Yeah, how the 23rd century biology scanning works to to judge the authenticity of the technobabble, yes. Of, 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 like you said, the 20, fictional 23rd technology, 23rd century technology represented in the 80s. Yep. My God, humans really do just want fucking cat memes. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Can I have memes? (laughs) I mean... Fuck, all I know is that the reason we know there was water on Mars is because we can see the canals that it used to make. Like, we know that there are planets that can sustain life because we know what sustains ours, but that doesn't mean that our life is the only one that can be sustained. I, I mean, I, uh... I'm, I'm gonna have to go with a no, dog. Okay. There's That's a meme. Fine. That's fine. Sweet. So they go down to the planet, uh, they... this sandstormy planet, and um, find a little trailer, a, a, a compartment, you mean a cargo, cargo bay thing. Yeah, cargo bay, cargoes. Cargo, cargo hold <laughs> thing. That's uh, it. And they get in there, and oh shit, this is con ship. We gotta get the fuck out of oh. here. Oh, fuck. Uh, funny thing that was edited out. Uh, Everything happened all the way to the forum. Exactly. Exactly. Remember when Terrell was down and he was like, Chekhov, what about the tricorder? Didn't that line seem completely out of place? A little bit. It was kind of weird. Because apparently it was edited where there was a baby. There was a child. And it was supposedly Khan's baby. What? That was there. You only see it in that one scene. And when the when the uh, uh, Genesis Project is blowing up in the Reliant, the baby like crawls up to it. Um, and, they were, and they were like, we don't really... No, we can't do that. Yeah, we don't want to do this. And they're like, okay, cool. Well, we got this one seat. Just put Tricorder in there. It'll work. So that's why that is completely out of place. That's so Okay, weird. wait, wait. But I'm not... I like that because it's not out and of you place. And you can see his mouth. And you can see the word children being spoke. Child? Like, what about the child? But you see the... His, the uh what about the tricorder i'm not gonna i like that because i thought it was fucking hilarious for the okay right right i appreciate butt maestro because he said by the way there there will be like a jump scare coming up like you know just just beware and everything oh i i did my best to uh preempt anything that would require a trigger warning for someone who's watching it for the first time on like uh, i did with you when we watched halloween 2 yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, well, uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Halloween yeah. 2, not the first one. Yeah, I didn't watch the first one. The one. Dog dies. I didn't watch the much. first one with you. So I, I did issue a content warning to GLaDOS before this scene. Like, hey, there is insert, insertion of creepy crawlies into ears. It is obviously effects, and while yeah. this scene bothered me And I me love a lot, practical, of, uh, practical effects. So, like, I, I was able to, to get through it. Um, 
if you think the scene might bother you a little bit, go on YouTube or find the special features where they show the effects of the scene. They show the big prop side faces with the big prop ears and the little prop slimy creepy crawlies being pulled out of them. Uh, that might diffuse a little bit of the tension in your mind. But and you I, can see how it's created. You know, it doesn't give you that kind of dysphoria. Um, but I, I knew that there was something coming up, so I counted. I said, okay, hold up. If there's a, a creepy crawly thing coming, there's going to be like, I don't know, a couple fuck-ups here, right? A couple okay. fuck-ups. Okay. So they get into the cargo hold. First thing they do is take off their fucking helmets. Oh, Aha! Yeah. Mistake number one. He's also walking around with this beeper thing, the tricorder. Right? Yeah, the tricorder. And it keeps that... beeping louder and louder the more he's getting closer and closer to whatever the hell they're actually scanning. They get in there and he sets it down and continues to investigate. And I go, aha, mistake number two. So just to hear that line later when they're trying to get the fuck out, to have him say, but what about the tricorder? <laughs> it's like, oh, good. So his other crew member does acknowledge he's fucking stupid for putting down the scanner that tells them when they're getting closer to something that they're looking for. I will say big props to whoever wrote this script and had Nicholas this be Meyer. Chekhov instead of just two random red shirts that we wouldn't care about. Well, the fact that it's Chekhov having come back and he's doing this and he has the built-in familiarity of, oh, fuck, I know who that is. Fuck, we are so fucked. Yeah. Technically, he doesn't know who it is because if you go back and watch Space Seed, Chekhov is not in that season. He doesn't show up till halfway through season two. But he two. knows about Khan. No, no, no. Is that a retcon? Ha- that is a retcon. Oh, what? what? Harv Bennett gave, gave Chekhov the script. To go over and make sure that there's, you know, little technical issues here and there, blah, blah, blah. <coughs> and he looked through it and he goes, I've never met Khan. Wait. If I tell him this, I could lose my job. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's per- perfect. There's a couple scenes I don't like, but other than that, perfectly fine. Technically, he has never met Khan. Wow. That's amazing. That's fucking funny. That's he was given the script to go over because apparently he was a big uh, Trekkie, according to Harv Bennett. Blah, blah, blah. It's just funny that I'm just like, oh my god, the guy didn't want to lose his job. That's hilarious. That's fucking Because funny. it was between him and I think Sulu. So I think we're getting close to what is probably going to be my favorite part of this. Are we talking about the introduction of Ricardo Montalban? Um, and I think it happened the exact moment Chekhov realized who it was. And the second I realized who it was, I <coughs> broke the rules. I immediately started talking without pausing the movie. I just could not contain myself. Because, holy fucking shit, no wonder the spy kids are so fucking awesome. Exactly. Their uncle is Machete, no. and their grandfather is fucking Khan. Exactly. Hell yes. Yeah, that's exactly So sorry, now I want to go watch Spy Kids. This that's movie... Okay. That spy Kids 3. He's in Spy Kids 3. Yes. He's also in Spy Kids uh, 2. He's in 2. He's in 2? For two? a little bit. Okay. Yeah, he's in 2. I think he's in 2 more he's, than he's, he's in, in a lot 2 is more such a great one if you have not gone oh, back. 2 is a better one. 2 is fucking great. I reviewed it from the podcast a couple years ago. I'm, I'm weird. I like 3. I think it's better than Ready Player 1. Oh, God. Oh. Ready Player 1. Oh. <laughs> Don't even. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> No. But yeah, Khan, Khan posts a little creepy crawly mind control thingies into their ears that apparently killed his wife. 
Apparently he had a wife. Well, yeah, because he's because it's the lady who From beamed the down with him. Yeah, who beamed down with him. Uh, and apparently these little creepy crawly things that oh yeah, uh, the planet next to them blew up like SETI Alpha Six. This is SETI Alpha Five. Yeah, apparently the other planet blew up and turned his planet into a fucking desolate wasteland. But they've been surviving because of his superior intellect. Four. Sorry. There you go. I can't do it without rolling just... my eyes. Ding. Ding. Does that be a gif? Ooh, I need to get a bell. <laughs> I would love I have one. You do have one. I, I miss the bell. I, I do one. miss the bell. It's packed away in the video store with a hole in the roof. It is somewhere in a box in there. It's, 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 remember, remember, it's the improvised sunroof. That's it. There you go. That's it. Um, is that why I find it? Is that why I find the Fantastic Miss Frida tanning every once in a while? <laughs> she's, got, she's got a little chair and she's like. Oh hey, what's up? I, I like the new. I like the new. Um, you, my, you like my heart shaped like, sunglasses? I like the new renovations. This is nice. You like my heart shaped sunglasses, Dad? So, uh, <laughs> after all of that, after uh, Khan puts the mind control thingies into uh, the captain and Chekhov's they ears, beam up to the Reliant and send a message to the station where the scientists who are working on the Genesis Project, Dr. Carol Marcus and Dr. I don't remember his name, Marcus. David Marcus. David Marcus. Uh, conveniently not named David Kirk, thank goodness. Because uh, that would have been too on the nose. You know, and not How at long all, did it take like, you to realize that that was Kirk's kid? I'm going to say it wasn't... Okay, look, the first time I saw the kid, I went, Jesus Christ, the 80s love perm solution. (laughs) Literally the first thing that came out of my mouth, Jesus Christ, the 80s loved perm solution. And then I think I saw Kirk for the first time, and and, it started to... It's like, oh! They cast just a random person who doesn't look like either, dyed his hair blonde, and then permed it. Yep. Oh god, poor actor. I mean, he looked great, I think. Uh, it, I mean, it worked! It worked! Because I totally got it without them having to say a damn thing. Patron, it took Patron a second, and she asked me a question, and I go, do you want potential spoilers for the movie? And she's like, no, I'll let it play out. I did the same thing when asking about the test. I'll let it play out. I, I did give GLaDOS a heads up of, hey... There is something in here where they reveal later on that seems like it should have been hinted at in previous episodes of Star Trek, and you're probably going to wonder if it was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Pretty sure it was just made for this movie. What? Am I wrong? The fact that Kirk has a ex-wife and a son. Oh, that was all... So, 100% made up for this well, movie? Well, yes. Reconned. Yes. Another retcon. Because technically, it's been 15 years since they trapped uh con on seti alpha five correct that happened in year one of the five-year mission yeah so technically it's yeah how old is the kid in his 20s at least because he was around for five years because when they had the conversation later she goes you were going off on the galaxy what did you expect me to do like what did you expect me to do so you you weren't gonna be he had the kid before he started trekking exactly that was retconned in this movie. I kind of like. I mean, I'm a, look, I'm a look, it's completely Kirk. wrong for Kirk to do that as a character choice. That's completely wrong for him. But it would make sense for it to start at the beginning, and you know, and as also, he learns how to captain and be responsible throughout his journey on the five-year exploration. And it also shows how, why he wanted to always be with a woman to fill that void that he left. 
it also sh- I think there's a little bit of a fun parallel too between Kirk and his son versus Khan and his son figure. I, there's no confirmation that the no, that's not his that the Chippendale guy is. Oh, by the way, he's a big guy in the '80s, and he was supposed to be like he was supposed to be. There was a miscommunication of things, but he was supposed to be in. He's not credited, so don't even look him up. Well, fuck. Um, he, he didn't. He personally did not want to be in the main title credit sequence mm-hmm. like his agent's like we want you to be in the-. he's like i'm not fighting for that yeah i don't want that his agent took it as okay cool you don't want to be credited he was going to be listed in the other ones but his agent misunderstood him wow so he's not even credited for the movie Fuck. yeah well i hope he got paid he got paid but he didn't get credited for it okay um we're good we're okay fine. cool just making sure um so then we find out later that Khan beamed the Reliance clue, clue, crew back to SETI Alpha 5. Right. And we get this very amazing speech by Khan about how, you know, he has been bested. And I love the fucking line when he goes, Admiral. Admiral Kirk. Admiral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the way he's just That's like, not totally overdramatic at all. Um, Everything about Khan in this movie is overdramatic. Okay. His ego is cranked to 11 the whole time. So you have... You have, in one corner you have William Shatner, or Bill Shatner as he likes to be called, that will act the shit out of anything. And then you got Ricardo Montalbán over here in this corner, that knows just far enough to go mm-hmm. where it's not zany. Yes. He walks just, right up to the line. He's like, I know where it is. I'm, I'm dancing That's on it. literally why I love him as the grandfather in Spy Kids. Like He's I there. It's like just the right amount of... <laughs> He knows that he's walking around in a green screen room pretending to be chasing a butterfly on the moon in a middle, <laughs> mid-level of a video game. Like, literally, that's what he's told. And he nails it. Yeah. Oh. It's campy, it's stupid, but it's... Fu- it just, oh, I love him. I, lo- I adore him. Uh, Nicholas Meyer, again, sorry, I keep bringing this up. But he went up to him after a couple days of shooting, and he was like, hey, Ricardo, um, I want to talk to you. And he goes... Ah, finally, some direction. Yes! (laughs) And he goes, look, Lawrence Olivier once said that when you start off at the top, that's your top. So why not show your top right away? Keep that and show it later. Reserve that a little bit. And he's like, okay, cool. And he also felt like, because this was about the same time that Fantasy Island was playing, so he was afraid that he was coming off as Mr. Rourke. So they gave, he was, Ricardo Mondo, I was like, I want my old space seat episode he goes okay so they gave it to him he said he watched it three times in one sitting and by the third time he was possessed by con and he's like i know exactly how to play it let's go <laughs> oh that's adorable I. oh and he also went it's adorable when he went to when he went when he met when ricardo met with nick what yes. is me what is up with me liking villains god damn it i don't uh, get this they have they have more complex stories <laughs> that in <laughs> valid um but he met up with he met up with Ricardo Nicholas Meyer and he goes hey uh, I wrote this script and you're in it and he grabs it and he goes you wrote this for me and it's just like god damn it 
Um, awesome grandfather moment. I'm gonna like literally stalk his Instagram or like he, just life later. Who, Nicholas Meyer or Ricardo Montalban? Ricardo Montalban. He died in 2009. All right, well I can go find uh, his 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 children's like books and uh, shit and whatnot and try to just figure out more about his wholesome, adorable life. I mean, he is amazing and he's sadly missed. And that's why I'm gonna go and read and do things that I didn't get to do while he was around. <laughs> okay, Patron. Yeah, is he right. still alive? <laughs> as as we're watching the scene, I go, oh no, he's about to. He's about to not be. And she's like, wait, what is his life on the line? I go, oh wait, are you talking in real life or the scene? <laughs> oh, I do that constantly where I will find something out of like, so-and-so died. It's like, oh shit, I thought they died like years ago. Or it's like, so-and-so's still alive. It's like, no fucking way. Um, so, uh... And then we get to see the meat of the Titans that technically, I don't know if you've noticed this, they don't actually meet face to face. They don't meet in person. They only see few On screens prompters. Yeah. of each other. They yeah. never actually meet. Khan and Kirk never meet. Never meet face to face. Again, they've met in Space Seed, but they never, in this movie, they never do it. Was that a production issue? Deliberately done because Captain Kirk was doing TJ Hooker at the time. Uh, which is an L.A. cop show. Yeah. And Ricardo Montalban was doing Fantasy Island. So they couldn't get to match up. Oh. And also, it's kind of like, you gotta, like, try and outwit someone that you don't, literally yeah, can't see literally their hand. Literally can't see. Yeah. And they, they're, they're such performers that, like, you need to be able to act exactly. off the other person to know how to react. Exactly. Oh, by the way, you know the Genesis Project that you watched with uh, uh, Kirk McCoy and Spock? You know who created that? This is Pixar's first animation. Hmm. That's pretty cool, actually. Really? George Lucas created Pixar. Yes. And he gave him a division. Like He was like, this is a subset division of the computer process. Okay, cool. We need to make this for Star Trek to Wrath of Khan. And they made it. So the whole animation sequence with the, with the dead, derelict planet coming alive, that's all Pixar's first like animation. Nice. Interesting. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, we get to see them, you know, have a... Duke it out. With words. With, with words, but also with missiles. Admiral. Admiral. Yeah. R Couple of seconds, Con. Ricardo Montalban awkwardly on the screen like, Hey, hey, time. Come on. I gave you, I gave you 60 seconds. Come on. I know um, you're up to some <laughs> shit. Come on. But I love how he goes, Let them eat static. Yes. <laughs> Um, because apparently there's a, there's a, what's the exact words? I know I watched it three times, but not in one sitting, but over a week. Like um, the disruption? And the coil diffusion, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they're, they're not having any coil, like, I'm not seeing any coil emissions. I'm I love just, that, well, that Kirk's just like, Spock, he's like, none. No. Yeah, no, really. they're normal. They're, that's a bolt, that's a line. <laughs> so, they, so, as Lieutenant Savick said, there is a protocol of guidelines that if you can't achieve any communications with a ship that is a part of the same fleet you must raise your shields and she was basically hit down by a superior officer mm -hmm. and she couldn't do anything about it. she's like i tried to do something and i love that kirk's kirk's just like you go ahead and go off spouting guidelines just like you would yep. do it any other yep yep mm -hmm. go ahead 
Um, and uh, I, I see this movie and moments like that as massive character growth for Kirk. Um, as like ad- admitting and accepting the advice of people around him. Patron did not like how he kept calling her Mr. Savick. That's a military thing. I'm pretty that, that's sure. That's a military thing okay. where, especially with superior officers, uh, superior officers are considered in a gender neutral way with Mr. being used as a gender neutral pronoun. I thought of it as specifically it, the Federation, specifically. I didn't know if it was exactly that, the military. As far as I know, in general, like if. And they might have changed this recently. <laughs> Please correct me. Horatio uh, Hornblower. But I, I I don't know about Horatio Hornblower. No, that's I, literally what Kirk is. Kirk is Horatio oh, Hornblower yeah. in space. Okay, yeah, the fair. fuck? Uh, it, it was a French naval fictional thing. Yeah, it was a book series, thing. yeah. And literally Gene Rodberry based Star Trek off that character in space. Yeah, literally. I know, it's weird. It's the I best know. of times, it's the worst of times. It's okay. That's not even Horatio Hornblower. No, I was talking about... uh... Anyway. (laughs) I would be deeply concerned right now, but I have to remember, y'all aren't monetized. How (laughs) the hell can y'all say that with a straight face? What, Horatio Hornblower? You're not immediately thinking of, like, porn and shit? Like, that's not what first pops in your head? I'm sure there is a porn parody called, uh, Blaratio Horn... uh, No, Fellatio. Fellatio Cornholer. That! Yeah! We did it together! (laughs) Oh, it sounded really weird that we high-fived for that. I don't know why I said anything. (laughs) It's really weird that we high-fived for that. for the show. (laughs) Fellatio Cornholer. There you go. Stop! (laughs) Like you said, we're not monetized. It's okay. Exactly. But that's besides the point. Uh, so they have a battle of wits, literally. Um, and they're both... Uh, Kirk also devises that while he's taking the 60 seconds to divulge and get the extract the sequence from the Reliant so he can order them to lower their shields. And I love that... Uh, Khan's right hand man is like, I can't! <laughs> I want the green onions! I can't! I can't find them! I want them! Man, They're please. invisible! Man, please put your mask back on. They're I right, can't! They're right there. Where? Where? I don't see, I don't see them. They're man, right, right under here. the They're ginger. They're right here. No, I don't see them. I don't see them. I don't see them. Patrick, the lid. <laughs> the, the lid. The lid. <laughs> Swapper Jacks. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, Ugh. so they, they get to run away from Khan. They go back to, uh, uh, Genesis, um, planet, uh, and we get to see regular. kind of, oh, regular. sorry, regular. Because the space station is regular <laughs> one. So the, right. It's a regular planet. Do you really not think that's what they literally meant to do? I you know, it's just a regular planet. For Horatio Hornblower to go from that into space, you know, I thought they would be a little bit more, you know, not on the nose. I was having so much fun. <laughs> um, so yeah, they go into the regular planet. <laughs> so they go to the space station and uh, they find, basically, uh, Patron thought this was kind of a good horror sequence. I did issue another trigger warning, a jump scare warning for this scene, because I remembered exactly when the fuck it was. Because the first time I watched this scene, I got no warning, and it scared the fuck out of me. 
Uh, McCoy finds a dangling body. Um, a bunch of dangling dead bodies. That are basically... It's a hunt. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, it gave me Predator slash Alien vibes. Uh, and then they find uh, the the two main of the crew, the uh, the Reliant crew that was Chekhov, yeah, Chekhov and, and Captain Terrell, Terrell. Um, stuffed in a locker. Yeah, going mad, <laughs> literally insane. Yep. Uh, and then I love that when we get down here, they go, "Have they made it this far?" And I love that Chekhov's like, "No, I don't think they did." Oh, well, there's the coordinates, and I love that McCoy's like, "Where's the coordinates go into the uh, into the middle of the planet?" And he's like. But where are we going to follow him? Suppose they went nowhere. And I love that Kirk goes, Get an early retirement. No. Well, no. I love his exact line is, Well, this is a way to get away from it all. Right? Right? (laughs) And I'm just like, At that point, I'm just like, I am Dr. McCoy. Yeah, you are. 100%. Yeah, you are. I don't care about anybody else. I'm not a part of Starfleet. Just a doctor. Um, Where's the light? So they bit. So they beam down. Uh, which, by the way, I tried to beam down in the in the uh, in the annex. Into the annex, yeah. But the machine's had... a little bit broken right okay. now. We're on auxiliary power. That's fine. Bear the, with. The photon torpedoes did too much. Is it, or was it the coil? Yeah, yeah. Our, our our coil exhaust is running a little high. You know why? Because of Horatio Hornblower. So <laughs> so they so Kirk gets to fight his son. Yeah, Kirk gets uh, to throw and hands he on his him? son. Kind of. Uh, I think the kid was just surprised that this old man was putting up a fight at all. Yeah. And then all of a like, Jim! And and he's like, where's Dr. Marcus? I'm Dr. Marcus. And he, you just see the realization on his face. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, that's What? <laughs> oh fucking shit. Oh and fuck, then, I have a son. And then uh, Carol Marcus, his ex-flame. Yeah. Um... Which I love, but the way he goes when he when he first gets the uh, message from her, I love that he turns to McCoy and he's like, "As a doctor, you should not be okay with reopening old wounds." Yeah, and I love how McCoy's just like, "Whoa, Bruh. like, whoa, man!" I, I don't know if McCoy knew about that, but okay, maybe there was a script where McCoy knew that that was his son, but he didn't. That's funny. But they're just like we we just leave it ambiguous. But he knows. Yeah, I mean, I also we're, we're adults. We can put two and two together. But it's also a, it's also after the sequence that we're going to talk about in a minute. In a minute, him and Carol actually have a sit down conversation about yeah. the relationship that he could had have had with his son, or the fact that he's an absentee father, and it's just to me that just. Makes it elevates the movie a little bit more because you never see Captain Kirk talk about shit like that. Nope. And and I appreciate you breaking down earlier <clears throat> where and how in the timeline these events happened because it makes sense for it to be twenty plus some odd years later. Yep. You have changed as a person twenty odd some odd years later, so of course now you can sit down and have these kinds of conversations and think about. What can I do to actually start a conversation with him? It's it's yeah, it's the maturity and the responsibility and the change. It's the difference between captain and admiral. Nope. Um. So we also get the famous Khan screen. Yep. Yes. After Khan beams away the Genesis module, the missile, and leaves Kirk on a derelict planet 
because buried he alive. buried alive gone twice it echoes it echoes through space because yes yeah, sound can totally travel through space oh so in right? space they can hear you scream <laughs> we're not in the alien universe so yeah no All right, worries. noted. In the Star Trek universe, it's space. They in the Star hear. Trek universe and the Star Wars universe, you know, there's fire in space, so... There's oxygen. Exactly. Um, so, I, so, when that whole... I don't know if you knew, but when that whole meme started to come around... That's why Leia lives. Because there's actually oxygen in space... Fuck the OG. No, uh uh. That, I'm sticking with that now. Sorry. This, yep, mm hmm, mm hmm. You will have context for all of this when one day we buckle down, we, we, we cave and finally review the new Star Wars movies. Not the prequels, the sequels. We kind of did, but not really. We no, kind of gave we up half We gave our in. <laughs> you mean like they did with their direction? Yep, yep yeah, exactly. Just about. Yep. That's why um, I still wear a Poe Dameron jacket to this day, because Poe and Finn are two of the most tragically un underutilized characters in Star, Star Wars history. Anyway, and Star Wars. And Rose. And Rose, absolutely. Um, so, I knew when this whole thing came about, like, when the internet became aware of itself and it started to do, like, oh, here's Captain Kirk streaming Khan. I knew exactly where that, where that was from. Had you seen that meme, quote unquote meme, beforehand? Um, no, <laughs> not in particular. I hadn't seen it before. Okay. Um, but I knew you about were aware the of Kong it. scream. I've heard other people. I'd seen it in other references in media and everything. Can I jump off of this real sure, quick? Just a quick, a quick little thing. Something that's circulating back around on the internet <laughs> right now. You know how memes like to come back around and wave. Life sometimes. is cyclical. Yes. There's a meme going around right now about this new game called Shatner. Oh. It's not a new game. It's not a new game. No, I played not. it in college all the time. Uh, like, okay, thank you. I just wanted to acknowledge that I'm not when going you're crazy. At, when you're at, when you're at Swapper Jacks or doing whatever, the thing, the only thing is, is I call no Shatner on Reddit. Oh, fair. Oh, totally obviously. Fair. That's, that's, that's the difference between back and half Shatner free, Shatner free zone. Yeah, no. When totally. you are facing, one hundred percent. That's why you could do it. You could do it anywhere on campus, but not in the classroom. You know, it's it's front of house versus back of house. No. So yeah, but anyway, <laughs> I keep going. Sorry, anyway, um, con me. So so basically, the, I love how people were like, "Oh god!" It actually has relevance to why he did, why he said, why he screamed con is because he also had to hide from con that Spock's on the other side of the planet because. He sent an encoded message. Yeah. By the book. I'm just like. I love that by the book shit. Uh, that's really brilliant. Do. That was fucking brilliant. I love how they wrote that. I love how they scripted it. I love how it worked out. That was smart. It was clever. It wasn't a retcon. It didn't seem like it, they just squeezed it. It was intelligent. Yep. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, And Khan gets away thinking that, you know, he's, he's won. He's, he's bested won. everything. But he still <laughs> wants to kill Kirk. Oh, yeah. And I love that um, they have the Carol Marcus and uh, Kirk have the conversation, which is you know we talked about it. And it's a nice conversation. And then I love that when we go and see, and she goes, uh, she goes, it took the technicians for Starfleet to mine out this in ten months. What we did took what six hours, and a day. 
fucking the matrix formed in a day the uh life life forms started to pop up slowly at an accelerated rate beautiful like that's what i see as a painting like whenever i look at a painting it just it is a matte painting it is a painting it's a very very nice painting (laughs) but that's how that's how background art is done It's, it's yeah it's it's so beautiful it's so beautiful. Look up the background artists. I guarantee you they sell prints. I guarantee fucking goddamn to you. Because that's how background art... Honey, some of my favorite background art is from Mary Poppins. The rainy London scenes. That's not real. What's that? No. Oh, that's okay. that's background art. People will paint those and then they'll put... They'll, they'll film on, on top of that. You said back with, with old OG film editing. Right, yeah. You did painted backgrounds. Like like they did on this movie. This yes. Is, this is all celluloid. Exactly. And yeah. so it's practical <clears throat> effects. So yes, I guarantee you, if we were to look up those background artists, look up their work, you would see very, very similar styles yeah. in that. I don't know if you have this on your copy of the movie, but I actually specifically went with the low-grade quality so I could see the film real cut out. And move across I don't think I had that option on my DVD, unfortunately. Oh, no. Like, I could have the higher-res DVD, but mm-hmm. I chose to go with the lower grade so I could see the film actually be spliced. And it's nice. Sorry. That's the film nerd in me. Of course. But I'm just like, look at it. I got a film nerd after the podcast. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm getting way too tangy. So, um, we, so, Kirk's like, hey, uh, Spock, it's been, it's been two hours. Are you ready? And all of us... It's like, yes, we're ready. And they're just all like, what the fuck? Two hours. What? Now we got, now we have hours. Now we have minutes instead of hours. Um, puts a new shirt on. Um, but I love that he left Carol his jacket that he went off gallivanting on regular one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he left it because she's, she got cold. She got cold. It's real sweet. It's real it cute. Um, yes. I just okay? want I just wanna point out the two of y'all just said it's real sweet, it's real cute. Mm-hmm. Okay. Trone and I no longer want to hear any shit about stealing hoodies. Oh no. That I specifically have one hoodie that is not allowed to be stolen. <laughs> but that's so sweet. It's so cute. I've she was cold. I've been trying to get you to steal one of my hoodies for the longest specifically, time. I can't get you to wear my shit. Specifically one hoodie. She's not allowed to steal. She can steal my six other hoodies. I'm fine with one specifically. No. 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 All right. Uh, so we get to, and she knows which. She knows which one it is. If she doesn't, I just want to say it's run. so sweet. It's so cute. She was cold. I just that's our proof. That's our evidence right there. Hey, it's okay, Horatio Hornblower. <laughs> I can't. I'm. Palacio Cornholer. Oh! Cornholer. Yes. So. Oh my god. uh, So we get, so Kirk gets back on the ship and I love that, I love that he's like, hey Khan, if you're down for a rematch and Khan's just like, what? Khan's like, challenge fucking accepted. (laughs) He's just like, hold my beer. Yep. Goes into the Mutara Nebula. Exactly. I I knew it was a nebula. The Mutara Nebula. So he goes into it because I've played that track on the soundtrack so many goddamn times. Of course, that's how he would know the name of the nebula. What with the fucking parallel tuba in piccolo? So they can't go in because their shields would be useless. 
their shields would be useless, and they would have no view screen availability because it would interfere with everything. So that's why Khan's like, I don't know if I want to go in there. But then Kurt goes, but no, Khan's like, yeah, no, we're fucking doing this. And his first in command, totally not his son, was like, like, yeah, we're not, we're not going in there. I'm, I'm slowing us down. What the fuck do you mean we're slowing down? Let's get the fuck in there. And then Literally that's when Kurt push it, pushes yeah. his, and he's just like, ah, um. And I love that they all, it's it's basically just Starship Chess. But also a sea battle in space. Yeah. It's, Fully, it's a submarine battle. There you go. To at which point you notice something. Okay. So there was, I, I think, the continuity. first, the first continuity? set of eh, continuity production error. I don't know what it is, but it was an error. At one point, um, what he said, uh, uh, Kirk. Kirk says, phasers starboard. They turn to the starboard, the right. They turn starboard, and the port left phasers start going off. There was an error in communication. Wait, 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 wait. That's not What's the exact line? Phasers, phasers starboard. starboard. They turn the oh, okay. ship right, left phasers. Left size phasers started shoot. shooting off. And it's not to their like left. they're shooting to their in port. a right direction. They're the left. They're the okay. port phasers. So, yeah. I was right, thinking that right maybe he went he went starboard phasers. Like he was giving two different commands. It was way <laughs> too close to be. Nah, it was weird. Damn it, William Shatner. Right. I've, 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 I've got a damn it, William Shatner coming up later, but we'll keep um, going. So we go ahead and we and Kirk bests Khan because he starts they snuck up on him. Exactly. Just 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 roll up on him. And go. Like, as I do with Silent But Deadly, and scare him whenever I get a chance. You're the worst. I do. You're the fucking worst. But he scared me earlier when I was on the way over here because he was in front of me, noticed it was me in his rearview mirror, and waved at the window when he was going home. And I was like, there he is. There he is, Silent But Deadly. If only he could hear the podcast. Oof. Sorry. (coughs) Um... But yeah, no, um, I love that. I love that. Snuck up on him, got him, and but hey, they're still. Is it the warp engines are still out? Yeah, something. They, like they that. don't have main they, power. Yeah. They don't have the main. Auxiliary engine. They've, got power. Auxiliary, they've got auxiliary power. They're not on battery reserve anymore. But they do not have the main engine, which means they cannot go into warp. So and conveniently, all the problems are located in this radiation-filled room with a thing with a cap that leads to a doohickey with a smoke machine. And as Patron says, I can't take him seriously with his giant Mickey Mouse gloves. <laughs> I love the giant Mickey Mouse gloves, personally. <laughs> I, why, I saw him as radiation why that gloves. was the only protective gear he was wearing, I don't Because he's not human. Okay, that's another retcon I have to ask a question about. He's half human, half Vulcan. Okay. Can Vulcans withstand radiation? Is that something we ever... We don't know. We don't know. So that's a retcon. Another thing. But again, it's not to say that retcons are bad. You can have good retcons. You can have good changes to characters' canons and future productions and future features. Just because it's a retcon doesn't mean it's bad. Sorry. No, it's fine. I, I, I've liked some of the retcons they've done. No, I, I, I'm I I'm fine with it. I was fine with it. Because technically when he... When he... Sorry. <clears throat> When McCoy's like, you can't go in there, or you got a Vulcan mind, and he grabs him, does like a mind melt mm-hmm. thing, and he says, remember, which fans will watch the next movie and 
Yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's okay. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so he goes, as you are unaware, constantly, I am half human. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, in your face, McCoy. In your face. Um, so, we get to see the scene. Um, and as much as it pains me, any time I watch... Rathacon, the original Rathacon, not Into Darkness. Anytime I watch Rathacon, it's the music, it's the acting, it's the presentation of them going, you can't go in there, cuts away, and you do not see what is happening in the engine room until Kurt goes down there. Yep. Deliberately done by Nicholas Meyer because it's a show, don't tell. Mm hmm. And just it Kirk, just you gotta, you gotta come down here and see this. It, you yeah, come down, it gets like, me. Fuck now. Yeah, and I love how he immediately turns to to the science officer posing. He's like, "What?" Yeah, he, and then he notices Spock yeah. is gone. Yeah. His chair is empty. Oh fuck, Spock. Um, and this is a heart wrenching scene that I get teary. I get teary eyed every time. This every time it's, I've watched. You got teary eyed. I got teary eyed. Glados notices continuity issue. I, 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 this is my, this is my fuck you Shatner moment. I know this is a very touching scene and that's why this is my fuck you Shatner moment. What is? When Spock puts his on the glass. He takes off his glove. And then Shatner. Just puts a flat hand. Doesn't even attempt. Doesn't even try. Like this is the man's dying gesture to you. To his best friend. And you're just going to go. Like I'm no, sorry that bothered me, and that's fine. That's fine. That's understandable because that always has kind of bothered me as well. Okay, but I didn't, you know, want to say anything. Well, yeah, it's still it's a very hard scene. You don't want to take away from it in the moment, but that 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 pissed me off. So 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 we so I know we discussed this Mm -hmm. in passing at Swapper Jacks, and we wanna we don't we don't want to touch this scene because it is done perfectly. I would like to recall our um. Finding out that Leonard Nimoy passed. Oh yes, have I ever told this story on the podcast? I don't know if you have, but I've heard it a few times. You may have possibly told this, so if you've heard it, just it's a great story. So I was at my great grandmother's funeral, um, and I was being there for the family. You know, I, I wasn't. I loved my great grandmother. I was also very, very young when I had most of my interactions with her. Uh, but her passing was very sad for the whole family, and I was trying to be the strong <laughs> one for everyone, and just be there for everyone, give hugs, you know, be the shoulder for everyone to cry on. We are putting her into the wall of the mausoleum, and I get a text from my dad. Spock has passed away. And I do a quick Google search, out of sight of everyone, and find that, in fact, Lennon Nimoy had just passed away. And as they were putting my great grandmother into the wall, I break down crying. <laughs> it happened in January uh, twenty January twenty fifteen. Yes, um, I was in a very terrible relationship, um, and this was the first sign that I think was the start of oh. everything. Is because according to the person I was with, I didn't watch enough Star Trek so with. Her, so I don't know why I was so upset. <clears throat> why are you upset over a character? Why are you upset over a character that you, 
that I don't know what you feel about. It's Wait, like, so your your emotional response to someone you cared about is invalid just because that wasn't a shared memory between the two of you? Because I never talked about said person. You never talked about Leonard Nimoy to them Correct. specifically. Correct. So your emotions on him were automatically... Inv- yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, thank God you got out of that <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I also posted something on Facebook that is the best description... It was my, it was my, uh, what's the, I don't go on Facebook enough. So you don't, it's not your profile picture, but it's your banner. Is it still yeah, called a banner? I uh, think so. Yeah, yeah that's okay. it. So, photo. so this is where the conversation started. Posted it. goes, I wish I had Spock's uh, maturity as a Vulcan to hide my emotions for Leonard Nimoy's death. Mm-hmm. And that's when the conversation started when uh when we were able to see each other again she straight up just told me all this and i'm like i you can't tell me how i feel yeah you, you don't get nothing exactly so there was a discussion and she went to bed early and i watched wrath of khan and and search for spock back go. to back and i was like and in in the morning she had work and i watched voyage home i'm like i'm watching all fucking three of them let's fucking go so Spock's death in this movie is even more gut-wrenching when you realize the life expectancy of Vulcans is at least three times greater than that of humans. Isn't it like... Our our presence, a human's presence in a Vulcan's life is very easily comparable to the lifespan of a dog's within a human. Or... So the fact that Spock was so attached to these particular people like he already lived humans. he had yeah. already lived a long and fulfilling equivalent to a very long human life plus some so he was ready to go if necessary but he knew that this would destroy his friends he knew that in the lifespan of their lives uh, in the relative uh, uh consciousness of their lives they had known him the whole fucking time they had gotten so close together so he knew that this would destroy them i i don't know it it was hard to watch. Patron's favorite part of the movie was she when <clears throat> Amazing Grace. No, when they were talking about that shit made me fucking cry. When they were talking about um, uh, you're a teacher. She just goes, "Of course he's a professor. He's sexiest." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, is that why you want to get ears?" Yes. I'm like, "Okay, whoa, all right, all right." So, glossing over that uncomfortable insight into the Admiral and Patron's bedroom life. So, I, I, don't, I don't think it's... Uh, whatever. That's fine. Before the end of the movie, we get... Thank you very much. But look. Before the end of the movie, we get one more very emotional scene where Kirk and David get to finally reconnect and have their moment Before we talk about that scene. What'd you see? Whenever... Because I always get teary. And every once in a while, if I'm feeling right... If I'm feeling like right on it, when Kurt goes, Spock, my, I'm just like, motherfucker, like, God damn it. Fuck. Because it's the realization that Kirk has lost his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, as you said that, uh, David and Kirk actually get to have a conversation about, and I love that. And they have an awkward sibling hug. Pat, pat. But I also love that. I also love that. To be completely honest with you, I love that David's like, "I'm proud that you're my dad." Like yeah. the way he says it, and he actually fucking means it. Yeah. 
Like when he's like, hey, you know, I took it a lot of what you had to say. And Kirk's speech that he gives, holy shit. Fucking beautiful. At, uh, at Spock's funeral? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His eulogy? Fuck. And all, the way he's... Of all the souls I've encountered, his was the most... <gasps> And he, and he and he he stops. It chokes up. Yeah, yeah he's like, yeah. human. <laughs> like he suddenly got something stuck in his throat. Like, and then we get and you get to hear get amazing grace on the bagpipes. Yes, on Scotty's bagpipes first, and then James Horner's beautiful uh, rendition of it orchestrally. Oh. Uh, uh, and then we get to see the space casket flown off torpedo. It's a fucking torpedo. Mm-hmm. Why are we calling it a space casket? It's a torpedo. I mean, if you watch the next movie, it's a casket. It's a torpedo being used as a casket. Okay, cool, fine. We'll go with that. We'll agree to disagree. Sure. So, when we're watching a scene, it happens, right? That he blasts off in, into space as as Patron Onto says. the new Genesis planet. <laughs> Patron goes, I saw a flash of light and thought it was like Team Rocket. That he was just blasted off into the air, into the thing. I was like, um, What? And I was like, no. So I actually went back and I watched it. I need to show her the scene. The sun of that particular system is coming out mm-hmm. from behind the planet. So that's what it looks like. Yeah. But it's it not. It looks like he's flying into the sun or being turned into a sun or being the sun for the planet. And it's not until they show you it on the new planet that it's yes. like, oh, okay. So he's not a sun. Which is not super dead. Which, by the way, that was Gene Roddenberry's only thing that he added into the studio. The studio and him had a hand. Nicholas Meyer for the next movie. Yeah, set up for the search yeah. for Spock. Yeah, Nicholas Meyer was like, he's dead. And one of the, one of the one of the crew members walked up to him on like one of the last days. He goes, "You would walk over your own mother's dead body to make sure that you kill Spock." And he's like, "Yeah, because I want to add weight to this movie, and I want him to be dead." I don't want them to wave a magic wand like they do in the fucking episodes where they're like, they're back. I'm, I'm not going to lie, and that's why I, like, I did not realize. I had no idea this was the movie. I had no clue, no idea, because I was thinking it's like every other Star Trek episode. I was like, oh, hey, they got a med bay. I'll be fine. I mean, it'll be fine. Nope. For now. Let's not fine. Yeah. Um, and then we get to, uh, we get to hear Leonard Nimoy. Um, Space. The final frontier. It's, are, yeah, that. it's ongoing mission. Because he does set it ongoing. Yes. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilization. To boldly go where no, no man has gone before. before. Which the only addendum I would make to that is no one has gone Well, they did change no that. Man. Yeah, I know. They did, they did change that. For the new Star Treks, right? Yes. And also, I think in the... Like Discovery and shit. Yeah, and some other ones. I think around like the mid-90s, they are like, hey! Watch shit I haven't watched. No one. Look, if y'all want us to watch shit on Paramount Plus, and you want us to review shit on Paramount Plus, all I ask is that, uh, pay pay for a Paramount Plus thing, it's, and I'll watch it. It's literally, they have them at the library. Your local library has all the Paramount Plus DVDs physical copies. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Okay. If, it's literally like right there. Oh, I know. Where it's three blocks that movie? way. Yes, it is. Um, so yeah, that's the movie. And then of course the the end credits. We get the wonderful James Horner again giving us the most badass rendition of this theme. And I would be lying if I said that I hadn't worn out 
my CD of this and confused my poor little Walkman CD so many times, trying to listen to the very last seconds of the very last track and then trying to go back a few seconds but missing it so it goes all the way back to the beginning of the CD so you hear the little hiccups and shit and like, you know, no, 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 skip, 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 and yeah. You didn't like the hiccup that answered into the into the podcast? I'm trying not to just burst. That that got me. That tickled me. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I like the audio we have. Thank you. Um, uh, well, that'll be your text tone whenever GLaDOS texts me. <laughs> I um, do like that. So, before we go, before we leave and, and we have our final thoughts on this movie, we, do you have any yeah. anything else to say to this movie, GLaDOS? We do have a rating system here on Cinema Gems. Full gem an amazing movie, half gem an alright movie, no gem a horrible movie. I'm just letting you know, if you give Wrath of Khan no gem, you're banned from this podcast. I, I understand that. And I, I also have an obligation to continue the rest of the movies on my list, which means that I am just... But don't feel obligated to give it just... Well, I know, I know, I know. Twisting no, no, no. the AI's arm, hey. it never works. Hey, hey. <laughs> As long as you don't let Judgment Day happen, we're okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm. And if I'm getting the wrong technology wrong, fuss at me. I don't give a damn. It's fine. It's gonna be a whole gym, but on the hollow deck. Oh, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that, no, no, that's right. Star Trek. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Woo! <laughs> it's later. In the Nailed Star Trek it. It's later. Yeah, yeah, it's later, but we get it. What one one gym on the hollow deck? What do you? Get? Oh, whole fucking gym. <laughs> Just making sure. Undisputed, no question, this is the greatest Star Trek movie ever made with the greatest Star Trek soundtrack ever made. Um, Undisputed. You good? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, Also, um, I also give it a whole gem, but the last thing I want to say before we go any further... before we do anything else is I understand that I don't know if you guys got upset with the interjection of the facts, but I like to learn about the facts and I like to learn about things. And it was just so nice to actually like do a little research before actually reviewing. Well, it'd be great if we did that for every movie. God. I like learning the thing. Instead of just the movies that we already love. (laughs) Well, you know what next week is. I mean, I do, but you want to tell the listeners yet or It's not? set in 2022. That's it. That's all I want to say. It's set in the year 2022. I genuinely don't remember. I, I have the text. It's a coin flip. You... Oh, oh yeah. Okay. It's the coin flip. So, <laughs> what did you think of Star Trek Wrath of Khan? What did you think about our opinions of Star Trek Wrath of Khan? Were we incredibly wrong? You can send all your buttmeister hate mail to cinemagems15 at gmail.com as well as tweet it out to cinemagems underscore pod. You can find all of the episodes on lowrainpictures.com under the Cinemagems tab. That's essentially the home base still for all of our episodes. And if you happen to not hate this one, you can go back and listen to more. Oh, and uh, I did have an editorial edit that I'm going to do now. Instead of going back and actually edit. An editorial um, edit, not a directorial edit, edit. I couldn't even say that right. Wow. No, it's not the director's cut of the podcast. It's the regular <laughs> cut. Um, uh, Delwood Blues and Tiny Tony Hawk will say that, hands down, best fucking Star Trek movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's pretty undisputed across the board. Yeah. It's this one. 100%. Because uh, yeah. uh, they got a big old black hat heavy yep. to just come in and wreck stuff. Yep. Um, look guys, uh, we are 
here to listen to what you want us to review. We just, we pick because we're just like, this looks good. This, this is okay. Keep in mind, GLaDOS really hasn't seen any movies unless it's Disney and Star Wars. And since Disney now owns Star Wars, unless Disney. it's Disney. So, like, seriously, name a movie, any movie, and I haven't seen it. That means you get to add it to Gladys's list. Was North by Northwest <laughs> on Gladys's list as well? Was that no, the one No, it was talk? not. That was a suggestion from, uh, I... The Motherbot. Yes. Oh. I, 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 the Motherbot? The Motherbot. Motherbot board? The artificial, what do we do? Antology? I don't... Look, my RAM and, okay. and like hard drive space is, is full. Let me go back, do a cleanse, do a defrag, and hopefully next time I'm on here, I'll be a, a little defrag. bit more clear. Man, somebody's spouting out the babble. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. So we just want to let you know that we are here for you to go ahead and talk to us. We're also here because we actually care about people. Uh, we actually hope that we're, whenever you're out and about or whenever you're doing a little things like cleaning dishes or going and do errands you're listening to us we want to be the show that you want to be listening to so please give us your suggestions your comments questions concerns recipes are nice too i'm always looking for new ones yeah. um all i gotta say guys is uh thank you marty the arrogant observer for letting us use your website also kevin george thank you for letting us use your music um <clears throat> all we have to say guys is black lives always matter wipe your hooves but Black Lives Always Matter. Thank you for coming back on, GLaDOS. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I'm Love so glad that we have we now have two sound bites that can disturb GLaDOS. Oh, no, 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 We love all y'all. Be kind to yourself so you can be kind to others. How Bye. is Horatio Hornblower allowed? <laughs> Bye, guys. See you later. Wipe your hooves. Black Lives Always Matter. Always. Bye, guys. Always.